Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. We are continuing with a series that I started a few weeks ago on the armor of God. And this week we're going to cover the third piece of the armor that the Apostle Paul mentions in the book of Ephesians, the shoes of peace. And I just want to dive right into this week's episode because I I just have a lot to cover. And so let's get right into it. I want to read again for you from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 15. I know that I've read these in the last couple of episodes, these verses, but I just felt led to read them again. Uh, Again, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 15. The Apostle Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And verse 15, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay, so we're going to end there. The rest of the verses cover the other pieces of the armor of God that we will cover in upcoming episodes. But as in previous previous episodes, I'm going to explain how this piece of the armor for the Roman soldier was vital. And as you read the Apostle Paul's writing, it's almost as if he's using the Roman soldier as a metaphor to teach us on the armor of God. So I'm going to continue teaching in that way and kind of following that example. And then I want to teach us how to apply it to our faith. So for the Roman soldier, without his shoes, he would be stepping on things harmful to his feet. I mean, that just kind of seems like a no-brainer, right? Like you're probably thinking, well, duh, yeah, that makes sense. The ground was often uneven. It had rocks and other things that could cause sores and maybe even cuts on the bottom of the foot of the Roman soldier that would hinder his ability to fight. And so if, you know, if he was constantly having to look down and, you know, watch where he was, where he was stepping, or, you know, if he felt like he was getting cut on the bottom of his foot or he noticed that his foot was bleeding, I mean, that would be so distracting. He wouldn't be able to be looking straight ahead to, you know, watch what was going on ahead of him. He wouldn't, his mind wouldn't be fully engaged. It would just be so distracting for him. The Roman soldier needed to be focused on the battle, not his feet. He needed to be able to move freely, climb, march, and fight, and not be distracted by where he was stepping or any wounds that he might be developing on the bottom of his feet. These shoes for the Roman soldier were specifically designed 
for them to engage in battle. They had layers of leather with straps that tied around their ankle. And the bottom is really what I think is so interesting. And we're going to dive into this a little bit more, that the bottom of these shoes that the Roman soldier wore had nails or spikes on the bottom of them. So it wasn't a separate piece of, of the footing that they had to put on before they went into went into battle, the shoes that they were wearing already came with those nails or those those spikes. They were like a part of the shoe. And it's those nails or spikes that allowed the soldier to stand firmly. It's those nails or those spikes on the bottom of the Romans, Roman soldiers' uh, shoes that allowed them to be able to grip the uneven terrain and to, and to really kind of help them get like a sure footing as they were climbing or marching or, you know, kind of really just standing their ground. So for us, and like I've said in previous episodes, so we're of course not battling in the natural realm here. So I'm going to encourage you, like we're, we're, moving into, we're thinking and applying this in the spirit, okay? So when we put our shoes on, the shoes of peace as the part of the armor of God, we are ready to move when and where God calls us. The spikes on our shoes allows us to stand on solid ground. You know, a couple of weeks ago in this series, I spoke on the belt of truth and I explained the difference between relative truth as, you know, as it relates to the world and the world's definition of truth versus absolute truth. And for you and I, as Christ followers, it's only absolute truth that provides us a sure foundation upon which you and I stand. So let me give you just a a little example here in the natural that you can further apply to your armor, you know, in the in the spirit realm here. So I live in Minnesota. And for those of you that are from outside of Minnesota, I know that there's several of you that listen from other countries and you're not familiar with Minnesota uh, weather, especially the winter weather here in Minnesota. we, We endure several months of winter. And it's it can be, get really bitter cold here. Temps can dive really uh, below zero with wind chill factored in. It it's nothing for us to have you know mid thirty below um, zero type weather factoring in the wind chill, and so it's it's quite brutal here um, during the winter. Certainly not throughout the winter, but we definitely have long stretches where it is like that. We experience a lot of snow, again, brutal wind chills, ice, uh, sleet. If anybody here in Minnesota, if, if anybody wants to continue exercising outdoors, they often have to pay a lot of attention to their footwear. And so for me, for somebody who enjoys exercising and being outside year round, I have gone to the store like several years ago now, like many, many years ago, and I purchased something that slips on the bottom of my shoes and it's like, it's rubber. So it stretches, you know, the length of the the bottom of my shoe, but in that rubber on the bottom are little spikes. So there's spikes on like the, like the ball of my foot and then on the, like the heel. And those spikes allows me to be able to go for a run or go for my prayer walks. 
and walk on sleet or snow or ice covered roadways or, you know, my path around the, the lake here near my house and not worry about it. Like I don't worry about where I'm stepping. I walk very confidently. I'm not looking down, paying attention to where I'm placing my foot. I'm, you know, looking straight ahead and I'm taking in, you know, that my surroundings, I'm praying or whatever it is that I might be doing, listening to worship music or just taking in the beauty of God's creation while I'm out there. But prior to me investing in in those spikes, uh, and I would go out and try to go for a walk or go for a run, I was slipping all over the place. And I definitely was not walking confidently. I was not secure in where I was placing my foot. I was constantly walking or running very gingerly, you know, constantly looking down and just really kind of afraid of falling in all honesty. And so when you apply that to this this piece of the armor of God, the shoes of peace, we begin to understand what I just mentioned, that it's only absolute truth that provides us with a sure foundation upon which we stand. And so having those having those spikes on the bottom of our shoes of peace allows us to stand firmly in absolute truth without walking in the shoes of peace it's like we're we're slipping and sliding all over the place and we're not fully fully able to stand on absolute truth and we're kind of like you know moving here and there and and we're kind of getting knocked around and and sort of pushed around by the enemy and by the resistance and the opposition that comes when we are trying to take a stand and stand firmly and do what uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians to stand. He uses that word stand multiple times just in those few short verses. And so obviously the Lord is trying to make a point that you need to stand and stand your ground. But if you don't have the shoes of peace on and really begin to understand what's on the bottom of those shoes and that that's what helps you to be able to stand firmly, wow, we can be easily just slipping over here and sliding over here and distracted by all of these other things when God has provided us with the shoes of peace. So our enemy, as the Apostle Paul clearly points out who our enemy is, Satan, he will lay traps on our path to trip us up. And so if you think about, you know, again, we're in the like in the spirit here. Um, so we're understanding that we're engaged in a spiritual battle in the spiritual realm. And so we have to think not naturally, but in the spirit. So we are engaged in this spiritual battle. And if you can almost picture yourself standing with your brothers and sisters in Christ on like a battleground, okay? Well, there's kind of like what I refer to as landmines kind of scattered around that battleground, that that field, that battleground that we are engaged in. And they're laid there by our enemy with the sole purpose to trip us out, to, to trip us up and to take us out of, out of the battle. He wants to make us battle weary. He wants to take us out. He wants to knock us down. And he's hoping that one last blow will actually keep you down, will make you want to quit, will make you want to give up and, and just walk away. And for some of us to even walk away from our faith altogether. 
So when we when we are prepared, though, with shoes of peace, this piece of the armor not only allows us to stand firm, but it allows us to move across the battlefield more confidently. Oftentimes, these landmines, if you will, again, we're in the spirit here. Oftentimes, these landmines that the enemy lays on our path to trip us off, to trip us up, they're often not like a all front on attack, although I I do, you know, kind of think here in the world that we're living in, he has, the enemy has really just upped his game, upped his attack. And there's been a lot of people uh, in, in the faith, in the church who do feel battle weary. They feel beat up in their faith. And I mean, it's just coming at us from every direction, but uh, you know, it is not God's heart for us to, to walk around feeling weary like that all of the time, but to sit with him, to to have our, our faith fanned back into flame and to get back up on our feet again and to stand firmly and to engage in, in this spiritual battle with our brothers and sisters in Christ and stand against the opposition and the resistance that's coming against us in our faith. So while while it might not be like an all front on attack, it can be sometimes a little bit more subtle. And these can take us off course. It can make us feel a, a little bit removed from the presence of God. It can make us feel like I, I feel distance from him. I, I don't feel, um, I don't feel that intimacy that I once enjoyed with the Lord. I can see that it's maybe affecting my relationship that I had with other people. And some of these, some of these lands, minds they're you know they're common to all of us but some of them they they look like compromise compromise in our faith and i i talked about that last week in in the breastplate of righteousness and i i explained that righteousness and holiness it still matters in this world, even though the world is telling us that our biblical values are a little outdated and the things that we hold as truth and as something that is still applicable to our lives today, the world tells us that they're outdated. Listen, for you and I, as people of faith, Christ followers, righteousness and holiness still matters. And these areas of compromise, they shouldn't be a part of our lives. But another another landmine in the path that the enemy lays before us is unforgiveness or hidden or unconfessed sin fear or immorality. Those are some of the really big areas of our lives where we have to be we have to be really rooted and grounded in absolute truth and wearing our shoes of peace and standing in absolute truth and address these address these types of things that are coming up in our in our lives where the enemy is laying as a trap to trip us up and 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 call them out. Satan wants to steal our peace. And I think that, you know, when we talk about the shoes of peace, we just have to go there, right? We have to be willing to go there and and really call out that one of his plans, one of his agendas for you and I is he's after our peace. He wants to steal our peace. He wants to make us a slave to fear, a slave to worry, a slave to anxiousness. But that is not God's heart for you. He is not the author of fear. God is not the author of worry. God is not the author of anxiousness. And, and so when I begin to feel those things in my life, 
I have to really kind of stack that up against the word of God and look at, okay, so I'm feeling these things and, or I'm thinking these things, or I can feel that these things are showing up in my conversations or my thoughts or how I'm responding to certain things and begin to apply the word of God, the truth to those thoughts and to those feelings. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says this, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Well, Jesus is saying right here, the kind of peace that I want you to have, the kind of peace that's going to help you to move forward in this world, in your faith, the kind of peace that I have given to you that is the shoes of peace, it can't be found in this world. My peace that I give to you is the kind of peace that it surpasses all understanding. The kind of peace that I give you, the the shoes of peace that I have provided for you to be able to wear. It's a piece that oftentimes doesn't make sense in the middle of chaos and uncertainty and, you know, anything else that that is happening in our lives. Colossians chapter three and verse 15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And in Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine, it reads, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Verse nine, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, I think that sometimes people will say, well, Susan, in verse in verse eight, it says, if there is anything, and I'm not sure that I really have anything that is uh, a virtue or, or praiseworthy in my life. And so I'm having trouble meditating on those things. Can I humbly encourage you to reframe that? And uh, again, I'm speaking to myself here too. I'm going to share a, like a real time example here with you, how I've had to apply this to my own life. But sometimes we have to look for those things, right? We have to sit back and we have to maybe even take out our pen and paper in our journals and we have to write out things that we are grateful for, things that we we can see that we can have a thankful and a grateful heart on and begin to meditate on those things, even though we might be in a season that is really challenging in our lives, or we are waiting for God to intervene in, in something that, God, if you don't show up, I don't know what we're going to do. Even in those types of situations, we can find something to be thankful for, something that is praiseworthy, something, I mean, it could be like you have a roof over your head, right? You have clothes on your back. You have food on your table. You have gas in your car. You, I mean, the sun shines even here in Minnesota when it's cold. God, thank you that the sun is shining today. Thank you for the blue skies. Yes, it's cold out and I don't like the winter and the older I get, I wonder why I live here. <laughs> but you know what, God, 
even in that, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to say thank you for that. And you know what? When we choose praise, when we choose gratitude, it changes our attitudes. In Isaiah chapter 26 and verse uh, verse 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Let me read that again. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This It just really begs the question when I am feeling a little not too grateful, not too full of praise, full of thanksgiving. I have to, you know, ask myself then, Susan, what are you meditating on? What are you meditating on? So uh, about a month ago, I really, really began to live this out in a much deeper way. Uh, And I had some health concerns about a month ago, and I went in for just, you know, my routine exam. And there's a part of my annual physical and mammogram. I also have to have an ultrasound taken yearly to monitor a couple of growths that I have in my body, a particular area of my body. And just part of my yearly routine. Well, this particular year, they noticed that some things had changed in one of those areas of growth, and it 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 made them concerned because it had changed significantly. Not only had it grown, but the margins around it looked differently. And um, I'm not going to get into all of that medical terminology, but it created a lot of cause for concern, and it created further further testing and more appointments and a lot more conversations with medical professionals that I really didn't want to have. And in all honesty, not one person on the face of the planet wants to have those types of conversations. When you start having conversations that include the word cancer and you see your name attached to that, it sort of sets you back a little bit and it kind of makes things feel a little surreal and you begin to look at life a little differently. And so, you know, we continued with those conversations and making appointments and, you know, doing all the things that they were recommending that I do. I was having to have conversations with my family and, you know, people in my life to pray for me and and people that I, I felt like needed to be in the know. And, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you that, that it was, you know, just easygoing every single day. And, uh, you know, while I was waiting for those appointments and while I was in those conversations and looking at life and, you know, the potential of life changing quite drastically because I'm human, right? I'm, I'm human. And I had my moments. There were days where I, I shed a lot of tears. There were days where I was battling some, some anxiousness. There were some days where where I I felt worried and um, where I could see fear trying to creep in and and yet you know as I as I'm applying these these scripture verses that I just shared with you to my own life you know I I love how when we take what we're feeling when we take what we're thinking and where we have these honest conversations with the Lord and can I just interject 
man, if you don't have that kind of relationship with Jesus and you feel like you always have to be strong and you always have to have it together and you, you can never have a, a weak moment or you can never have a weak day where you are falling apart, man, can I humbly encourage you to renew your relationship with the Lord and really begin to understand the heart of the God for you, that he allows you to have those moments that while you might be falling apart, you can be falling into the everlasting arms of God who loves you and welcomes you and invites you to come and sit on his lap, put your head on his shoulder and cry it out with him and allow him to just envelop you with his everlasting arms of love to reassure your heart, to re remind you and write upon your heart who he is, to remind you of what is true and that you are safe with him, that you are secure with him, even even when there are, are uncertainties in life and you don't know what's around the corner, you don't know what's up over the up over the hill, you don't know what those test results are going to be. You don't know how your life might have to change um, in, in the very near future. Even in all of that, you can find peace and rest for your heart, for your soul, and for your mind. And you can you can cry it out with God and you can bring you can bring those fears. You can bring those anxious thoughts and and any worry and anything else that you might be feeling. You can bring them to him and you can ask him, God, I'm feeling this. God, I feel I feel heavy today. God, I feel heavy in my heart and my mind feels weighed down. And I know God, I know your heart for me and I know that that isn't what you want for me. And so I'm going to give this to you. And would you give to me the peace that only you can give, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that makes no sense. And let me tell you something. As that day do, do closer, so I'm recording this on a Friday and um, just four days ago is when I had a procedure done. I had a biopsy taken. And and so, you know, <laughs> as that day was getting closer and I knew that there was no way around it, I, I was feeling a little anxious and I didn't want to have to go through that. I knew that it was going to be uncomfortable. And I knew that there would be days following that procedure where I would need to rest and I would need to heal and and yet sitting in the waiting room and then, you know, hearing my name called and having to walk back to um, walk back to that room in a town, a hallway that seemed like it was really, really long <laughs> and sitting in a room that was, you know, it, I mean, yeah, they did their best to make me feel comfortable and to feel relaxed. But you know what? I felt the presence of God in that room and I knew that he was with me. And even though I didn't know these people that were in the room, there were a lot of people in that room, a lot of people, a, a care team that was in that room, you know, and, and even though I didn't know them and they didn't really know me, I knew that God was in there and that God was going to give them a steady hand and God was going to be their eyes. And he gave me a peace in my heart that only he could give. And, you know, I, I love how. I love how the Lord just created an opportunity for me to even share my faith in in that moment sitting back there and one of one of the people that were in the room um I think that maybe they could tell I was feeling a little 
uh, not so great about being there. And so just to kind of lighten, lighten the mood a little bit, they started just engaging in conversation with me and asked me what I do for what I do for a living. And I explained I was a pastor. And, you know, if, if you know me at all, you knew that that was a wide opportunity for me. A door had been presented to me and you knew that I was going to take advantage of it. And so I started sharing my faith with them. And, uh, you know, I think that I think that one of the beautiful things is even though we are going through something, we can still be people who are wearing the shoes of peace and we can live in peace. We can be people at peace and still give an answer for the hope that we have according to scripture. The Bible says, be be prepared in season and out of season to give a reason for the hope that you have. And that's what I did to the, to these people that didn't know me and I may never see them again but you know what they heard about Jesus and and I hope that I hope that it really caused them to to maybe reflect upon their own lives and maybe even want to look into what is faith and who is Jesus. So anyway, I'm, I'm moving on here. I'm sharing a little bit too much. So um, as I'm wrapping up, I want to go back to Ephesians chapter six and verse 15. It says this, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Again, that's Ephesians chapter six and verse 15. Preparation comes from the Greek word, Hetoi Messia. Let me say that again. Hetoi Messia. And for those of you that are, you might maybe want to look that up in your own study of, of the Bible, it's spelled H E T O I M A S I A. And it's pronounced Hetoi Messia. The gospel is our firm footing and our Christian walk should reflect the gospel message, right? As we are wearing the shoes of peace and as we are, we're picturing the shoes of, of, of peace that has been given to us and there's spikes on the bottom of those shoes, it allows us to stand firmly when we feel opposed, when we feel resistance, when the, when the, the waves of adversity are crashing in all around us. We can stand in absolute truth and our walk, our walk should reflect the gospel message, right? As we move forward in, in our faith, wearing the shoes of, of peace, the preparation of the gospel, it should reflect, it should reflect our Christian walk. Psalms 89 verse 14 says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne and mercy and truth go before you. You know, last week when I talked about the breastplate of righteousness, I just have to put a plug in for that again, that our, you know, our decisions and our, our lives should be a reflection of the righteousness of Christ, that we are clothed in the righteousness that has been provided for us through Jesus's work on the cross. Again, let me repeat, righteousness and holiness matters. The Bible provides solid footing for you and I 
to live as people in a righteous and in a holy way that reflects the righteousness of God. I want to share some final scriptures with you about wearing your shoes of peace and being a witness for Jesus in this world, because I, I, I understand that that it's hard in this world right now. We are we are getting a lot of resistance and a lot of opposition. But you know what? Greater is He that is on the inside of you than He that is in this world. So these final passages of Scripture, the majority of them are found in Luke's Gospel. Let's start in Luke's Gospel, chapter nine, verses one and two. It says this, then he called and he being Jesus, his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And then in that same chapter, Luke chapter nine, go down just a few verses to verse six. It says, so they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And then in Luke's gospel, chapter 10, verses 19 and 20, we read this. Behold, I give you, this is this is Jesus speaking here. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Listen, the enemy is small enough to fit underneath your feet, friend. The enemy is small enough to fit underneath your feet. And as we move forward in this world across the battleground, okay, we are going to experience resistance. We're going to experience uh, opposition. We're going to encounter the darkness and demonic forces in this world. The Apostle Paul wrote about that in Ephesians chapter 6. We understand that because Faith isn't denying reality. We don't put our heads in the sand. We understand what we're up against. But listen, we have already been given the victory. Jesus has already given us the victory. And it's from that place of victory that we that we engage in this spiritual battle. We're not we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. The victory that Jesus Christ has already given to you and I on the cross, his work on the cross his victory on the cross, and he has given that to us to be able to move into this world, into the darkness, to be a light, to be his voice in the in this world, to be truth tellers, to be hope dealers, to shine a light, to be his hands and his feet in this world, to, to point people to truth, to point people to Jesus in a world that feels hopeless and is confused and, and discouraged and really, truly that is paralyzed Man, you talk about fear and worry and anxiousness. Yeah, it's all over the world. But you know what? We have the answer on the inside of us. His name is Jesus. And the Lord has given us the armor of God to engage in this battle and to advance the kingdom, to advance the gospel in this world. One last final scripture that I want to leave with you is found in Matthew's gospel, chapter 28. You have probably heard of it if you have you know, been going to church for a while, if you're a little bit more seasoned in your faith. It's referred to as the Great Commission. It's found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, uh, starting with verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And it ends with amen. And I think that, you know what? That's a good way to end this week's episode. Amen. And all of the saints say amen. Can you say amen with me? Amen. Here's the A to the men. Amen. Jesus, help me. Help me to be fully dressed in the armor that you have provided for me and to stand my ground, to stand on absolute truth and to advance your your gospel message in this world that is so uh, in such desperate need of you. All right. Amen to that, right? Amen. Next week, we're going to we're going to look at the next piece of the armor of God, and that is the shield of faith. But until then, stay well. If you're in Minnesota, enjoy some warmer weather here that's coming up. But until next time, take care, and I'll catch you right back here next week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you right back here. Same place, same time next week. 